0: It's that time, Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Slippy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, J underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball and basketball guru, golf guru as well, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Here we go again, Uncle Dave. Another Tuesday, full slate. We got hockey, we got basketball, we got baseball. It's going to be a pretty action-packed day today for sports. Yesterday, Uncle Dave, we went through a couple games in baseball, did well. Basketball, we gave out some stuff there, did well. You said, you know, we're supposed to be like touts and pound our chest when we do well. Well, throughout this podcast, um, we'll try to do as much chest pounding as possible.
1: Because some damn fool accused you of
0: being the best. Well, why don't we go back to one of the pods we did last week, and that was our golf pod, Uncle Dave. I want to update on how we did overall. I know how I did. I had, I think, four tickets. I lost three, cashed one. I think I had Ches Reeve in the top 10 or top 20, and I cashed that ticket. I believe maybe I probably finished down like a unit or something like that. So it wasn't exactly profitable for me. Then when I checked the actual scoreboard today, Uncle Dave, I saw Justin Thomas won the tournament. Like, where the hell did he come from? Like, I don't even I didn't even see him. And then all of a sudden I clicked on it and it's like, Justin Thomas wins the uh, wins the the, wins the tournament. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, where'd that guy come from? But anyway, I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on the golf thing, how everything went for you. And, uh, you know, we will be doing our golf pod tomorrow for the PGA Championship. That should be pretty exciting. I'm sure Uncle Dave is excited about that one. But Uncle Dave, why don't you go down and break down golf for a quick second or two?
1: Uncle Dave is excited. I didn't know that those two went in the same sentence. Um, yeah, golf was golf was okay. I mean, Thomas won, yeah, and he played pretty solid, but it was more a case of everybody else losing it. Uh, I, was, I had four guys tied for sixth or better, but unfortunately I didn't have Justin Thomas. I only had Mickelson, the uh, first-round leader, he ends up tied for second. But I ended up with uh, Kepka, Shoffley, Fitzpatrick, and Day all cashing in the top 10. They were T6 or better. Webb Simpson was cash for me at 12th. I had him T20 or better. But it was another case of feast or famine. And it seemed like last week and this week, whoever I needed to do well would, would get on a nice little roll and then really do something ridiculous, I think. Saturday afternoon I was watching it, and I had, I don't think it was Webb. Um, he, he got to, I think, minus eight, uh, and he, you know, maybe even nine, and he, he, all he had to really do was was par the last hole to be in good shape, and he double bogeyed it. You know, he put one in the water. I don't know if he was trying to go for the pin or, or just pulled it, but, you know, that's kind of how it, how it went. You know I, You know, was it a successful tournament? Well, I didn't have the winner. I guess we got spoiled getting all the outrights early. But, uh, you know, I had the right guys again. I just didn't have them in the wrong places. Or I, I played a T20 and I should have played a T10. But, you know, it's okay. You know, I had four guys, T6 are better, and a couple in contention Sunday afternoon. So I can't complain a whole lot about that.
0: Yeah, I won't complain either about how I ended up doing. I think my, my clear miss, Well, I guess I could say I had two clear misses in that one. I had Bello, and he finished dead last in the tournament. So I'm embarrassed about that. But going judging off his past performances, you would have never expected that type of a, you know, type of a tournament from that guy. I mean, he just was absolutely terrible. And then the other one I completely missed on, and I didn't think it was, it was a far miss, but it was certainly, you know, a handicap that I didn't have right, was Mickelson um, to go ahead and kind of do a walkthrough. And he did anything but. I mean, Phil, you know, he surprised me. Finished 10 under. He actually golfed really well. So I was wrong on that one. And um, hopefully we'll go ahead and bounce back this week. But we want to talk some NBA stuff today, Uncle Dave, and some MLB. Now, Major League Baseball is not going to start until later, but we do have an early game here, Uncle Dave, with the Raptors and the Heat. Now, we don't have an actual pick in this game, but what we do have is a prop bet that I'd like to give out. And it's a real simple handicap, and it's a handicap that, you know, quite frankly, I can't explain And maybe Uncle Dave can help me out with this with, you know, sometimes you just can't explain why certain things are the way that they are. But if you take a look at Jimmy Butler and one of his props today is over six and a half rebounds in the game. Now, you can get plus 110 on that wager. But one of the things I noticed with Butler when he played against the Raptors this season, he had 12 rebounds. He had 14 rebounds. And I went through both of the games and there was really nothing that stuck out to me. It just looks like it's based off of a season average and not what Butler has done against the Raptors this season. So I'm going to go ahead and give that one out. We did well yesterday. I gave you guys a player prop, Chris Middleton, over six and a half rebounds. And that was an easy one. I believe he had 12 for the game. We cashed that one like the third quarter.
1: Because some damn fool accused
0: you of being the best. But Uncle Dave, with my thinking, and I know that you've run into this multiple times before, where... You know, it's just there, there's really no explanation. And maybe the easiest explanation is maybe they're just taking a number from season averages and just putting it up there. And maybe the books are just being lazy. Is that an excuse? Is that is that maybe the reason why this number is what it is? Well, I think everything is either over or under inflated, sleepy, so especially right now. I mean, whether it's
1: whether it's sides and totals or player prompts, you know, if if you're going to bet a LeBron James prop, it's going to be juiced. I mean, it always is because it's LeBron James and people just love to bet overs. And uh, it's always the same way when you're betting a a middle-of-the-road guy. You know, it's it's generally not that Middleton's a middle-of-the-road guy, but he's not Giannis. And, you know, I think they are just throwing up a number and the market isn't moving it because, you know, the market isn't even paying attention to it, really. So... I think you're going to get good value on those kind of props uh, forever and always just because, as I said, during the season, they're usually a little inflated or deflated one way or the other, just strictly based on the player and not based on what's happening on the court. And I think that's the case here. Um, and, I, and I think that's the case in a Utah game. I actually have a prop I, I will give out. Um, I like uh, Joe Ingles. His point total is 10 and a half, and it's actually you can get over. Uh, at even money and with all the Utah players that are, are not playing, you know, if you look at their injury report, it's, it's uh, you know, you got O'Donoghue is out. O'Neal is probable, uh, but they need more scoring from other players. And if you look at the last game against, uh, if you look at the last game against Oklahoma city, guy played 32 minutes and got seven points. And you know, the only other guy on that team that played 32 minutes was Donovan Mitchell. So I think that they are going to have to find somewhere else to get some points tonight. So I'm thinking Ingles over 10 and a half. And I think that's another one where, you know, who's really looking at that? You know, nobody, they're looking at Mitchell. They're looking at Gobert. They're looking at, at AD and LeBron and, and Danny Green. And, and I think that's kind of a, Uh, I think that's going to be an easy one, actually. I think uh, regardless of how the game plays out, I looked at it eight ways to Sunday. I I really like that at at even money, at over 10.5 points for Joe Ingles.
0: All right. Well, there you go, guys. There's two props for you guys today in the NBA. As I mentioned, we have one that tips off early today. We have a 135 tip time between the Raptors and the heat, and Uncle Dave's is going to be the last game of the day. You have a 9 o'clock tip, Eastern Time, Lakers-Jazz. We're going to get into the Nuggets and Thunder game, but I'm going to save that one because I want to get into some baseball stuff here first, Uncle Dave. Now, yesterday, Uncle Dave, we talked about the Indians. We talked about the Tigers. We talked about the Reds. And just so be it that the Cleveland Indians will play the Cincinnati Reds today. And we gave out two handicaps yesterday that circled these teams yesterday. We like the Minnesota under. That one cashed
1: some damn fool accused you of being the best.
0: And we also we, we it seemed like we fell upon, you know, the Detroit run line, which that one, we we kind of got lucky. But I know that you were a little infuriated with, you know, that the fact that they gave up a, a a three run error in that game. But everything worked out. Uncle Davey hit your premium play to the under. And we ended up, I guess you could say we, we cashed that that Detroit run line. I I honestly didn't make that wager yesterday. I wish I had. But I think that that just, you know, would have been our recommendation for that particular game.
1: Because some damn fool accused you of being the best.
0: Today, Uncle Dave, we have Pleazak on the mound here for Cleveland. Sonny Gray is going to go here for the Reds right now. The Reds minus 139, 140. Total, depending on where you shop at, eight or seven and a half. Uncle Dave, you look at the ERAs for these two pitchers, tops in the league. I mean, they are right there. I think Sonny Gray has less than one. Please, Zach, is less than one. My original thought was just knee jerk when I saw the eight take the under. I noticed money's coming here on the under. That might be the wise guy play, the sharp play, but it also smells to me, Uncle Dave, like it could be the square side as well. Do we think please, Zach, and Gray can go ahead and continue this type of pitching? I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not really all that confident that they can, but you know, those Indian bats not playing all that well. What do you think about that game, Uncle Dave? I think there's a lot of cool things that circle this one.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I I guess my first inclination, which, you know, I hate to go against my first inclination because you oftentimes talk yourself out of a winner. And I, I, I would preferably rather lose the bet and be wrong than talking myself out of a winner or flipping sides and being wrong. I mean, that's just, that's just a gut punch. And you know, for the same reason I couldn't take the Reds yesterday uh, is the same reason I can't take them today. I mean, for one thing, their bullpen is pitiful. You know, let's, let's assume for a minute that Gray and Act both do, you know, kind of what you expect them to do. But and it's left to the bullpens, you know. Who do you want, the Reds bullpen with its, you know, almost seven ERA and two blown saves already, or do you want – the Cleveland bullpen, which has four saves, no blown saves, uh, and a whip of point eight eight zero, uh, that would that would tell me i i like i like the i like Cleveland, even though yes, they aren't hitting. But then you flip back to the Reds offense, and Votto's on the uh, on the IL right now, and and he's a huge part of that lineup, even if he's not hitting. You know, he's somebody they got to pitch around. So I'm I'm inclined to say that. Um, I'm, I, I think Cleveland at plus money is probably where I would look. I don't love it, but I do like it. And I guess what, what to, you know, to kind of come full circle to what I said earlier, uh, it's Cleveland or nothing for me. I mean, it just, it has to be. I, uh, you know, I, I, I respect Sonny Gray. And yeah, he's he's kind of overperformed based on what he's done uh, over the years lately. And, 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 you know, then you look at, you know, maybe – maybe who he's pitched against, and I, and I went back and looked at that, and he's pitched against the Cubs, which was obviously, you know, he threw one hitter in six and two-thirds innings, and then he pitched against the Tigers, and you almost got to put that into some sort of did not matter category. And, you know, part of me wonders if it's the Cubs that hadn't seen him. I don't know. But, you know, either way, I, I just think minus 140-ish is probably too expensive. Because I think if the Reds win, it's all on Sonny Gray. Cleveland does have other ways to win. They clearly have the better bullpen. Pleszak, uh, you know, let's assume he's not as good as Sonny Gray. He's not that much worse uh, if he's not better overall. Uh, and Cleveland's bats have certainly got the potential to be better than the Reds lineup. So, you know, based on the way the Reds are playing, you know, they, they kind of got lucky. And, and even their defense yesterday. Was uh, was really costly, uh, so I just think Cleveland is considerably safer, and that plus money, that's the only way I can go with that one. Sleep.
0: I don't really have an opinion in that one. I think a lot of my reasoning that that I would struggle with the game like that one. You know, I don't think Cleveland is is a playoff team, and I don't like Sonny Gray. Um, I, I think more than anything, you know, if if I was to do anything with that game more than likely I would be looking for Cleveland Indian guys to go ahead and play in a prop against gray. That's just the way that I, that I feel about that one. So if I do find anything guys uh, for that particular game prop wise, and I will look for you guys um, for sure. If I find anything um, be prepared that it'll probably be an Indian guy um, going up against Sonny gray. I, I feel that one, the reds are just overvalued, but You know, if Gray doesn't last very long and I do get into that bullpen, you know, maybe I have a shot with, you know, one of those hitters from Cleveland um, having some type of success. So, Uncle Dave, I want to talk about the Mets here and Atlanta. We've been talking about these two teams a lot recently, and I feel quite comfortable, actually, with both of these teams. Now, big news coming out of New York yesterday is Giannis Cespedes just decided to up and quit or quote-unquote opt out, I look at more as quitting when you just don't show up for work and you don't let anybody know what the hell you're doing. Um, Supposedly, the Mets actually went to his hotel room and asked the staff to open up the door, and he was, in fact, gone. And then later on, the Mets learned that Cespedes wanted to go ahead and opt out. I think it's a bad look for Cespedes, but I think it's actually a good thing for the Mets here because I think they could finally move on from him eventually. I mean, look, he, he he did some good things while he was there in the very limited amount of time. Um, that guy really never played a full season, and the fact that they ended up in the World Series with that guy I thought was a, a little bit of a miracle. But with that said, you're going to have DeGrom on the mound for the Mets here today. DeGrom only a minus 125 favorite. That kind of stinks to me. And you're going to get Atlanta with Soroka on the mound. His total right now sitting around eight. I have a pretty... I have a pretty decent play in this one. I, I I think I could go a couple of different ways with this one, but I want to hear what you think about this one first, Uncle Dave. Mets in Atlanta, what do you got?
1: Well, I think the instinctive thing to do is to go ahead and take the Mets with DeGrom. And I look at this game a lot like I look at the, the Cleveland uh, and Cincinnati game that we just handicapped. you know. And, and DeGrom is DeGrom. I mean, he's he's been in beast mode. But the Braves just saw him. And conversely, the Mets just saw Soroka. I mean, that was a 1-0 game. And what really surprises me here is the total in this game. Actually, I think it opened at 7.5, and, and now it's, it's 8 with, you know, pretty pretty much juice, a little bit of juice either way. So that is a little bit surprising because I do lean to the under there, or at least maybe for the first five is a better one, taking the Mets bullpen out of it but I don't know how I can bet on the Mets. You know, you mentioned the Cespedes thing, but he was in some sort of contract negotiations or or whatnot with the Mets. And and I think that franchise is just really, um, you know, it's a bad look for him to quit. And, and, you know, I I think he just quit. And then, you know, he and or his agent used the opt-out bullshit uh, for quitting. And I just think that's a bad look. And if the Mets are going to win this game, to me, it's all on DeGrom, much as I would think if the Reds were going to win, it's all on Sonny Gray. Now, we know the Mets' bullpen is terrible. They've already blown three saves this season. And then you look at Atlanta. I mean, how do you not take Soroka at plus money at home with a team that's actually 5-0 at home right now? I mean, if you look at the the standings in the NL East, now we know – Miami and the Phillies haven't played a whole lot of games for obvious reasons. The Mets are three and seven Washington's three and four. And you know, they don't, they don't seem to be, uh, I would call them, le- they don't seem to be legitimate. And you know, I think the Braves can look at this as, you know, maybe we can put some distance between us and everyone else. And, and you know, the Braves bullpen has been super solid and the Mets bullpen hasn't. And, you know, if it were DeGrom against a team that he never sees, I would think differently, but you know you know that the Braves have seen a shit-ton of the Grom. And also, the Mets have seen a lot of Soroka, obviously. But when it comes right down to it, the Braves have more ways to win, just like Cleveland does. The Braves have the better bullpen, the Braves clearly have the better hitters. So why not take the Braves at home, who are undefeated this year, at plus money? And I mean, that's the only way.
0: For me, Uncle David would be pretty simple. Go ahead and play the under. I think that that's definitely the way that that I would go in this one. You know, you got to go up against the Grom. That's not going to be easy. And some of the Atlanta bats, you know, they're, they're not exactly playing at their at their highest level. Kuna's batting under 200 right now. And for the Mets, you know, I don't I don't specifically trust them to go ahead and and get after Soroka maybe as well as they had in the past, which You know, I'm not even really necessarily sure exactly how how much success they've had against Soroka. But, you know, Soroka is their number one for a reason. And I think he can have some success probably striking out the Mets. And I'll get to that in just a second here. But, you know, the Mets' demeanor right now doesn't look good. You know, they're losing games. I think, what are they on now, like a four or five game losing streak? And yesterday I noticed from Pete Alonzo, you know, he had struck out a number of times. I believe it was yesterday that he had a number of strikeouts and his demeanor was just, it was not, it was not good. Uh, He was taking the baseball bat out. He was smashing it off the, off the wall and off the bench. And he just looks, you know, completely frustrated. And when your best hitter, you know, is supposed to be, you know, pulling the team together, it seems as if, you know, they're on this losing streak right now. He doesn't seem all that happy. He's not playing well. So that worries me a little bit, but what worries me more than anything in this one, for both of these teams putting runs on the board is the fact of where they sit with strikeouts during this season. The Atlanta Braves are number one team in the league striking out 121 strikeouts on the season, and the New York Mets aren't far behind at fourth with 98 strikeouts this season. So I have two teams where, they're, where their best hitters are probably not hitting. <clears throat> if I have two teams where their best hitters aren't playing all that well and they just have a ton of strikeouts amongst them, and I have the number ones going. I think the only way I could look in this one is under in that game. So that will wrap up baseball for the pod. But, Uncle Dave, I do. You know what? Let's not wrap up baseball for the pod. I gave out a free play today, Uncle Dave, and I just want your your opinion on this one. I gave out the New York Yankees, Uncle Dave, on the run line minus the one and a half going up against Philadelphia. Now Cole will be on the mound for the Yankees. We know how tough he is. We know that's not going to be an easy out for Philly and they have to go into New York. But how do you feel, you know, trying to back Philadelphia after having, you know, all those days off? That lineup was cold to start. They just got it going and then boom, they get hit with the virus deal and now they're off again for another week. You know, I I just don't understand how how they get those bats rocking and rolling again on the road going against Cole. So I feel my my Yankees run line, you know, at least has some logic to it. And I got the line at like minus, I think it was like minus 140. So I I felt okay with that. And one of the big reasons was, you know, areas are going to go for Philly and the total was at nine. So I felt like like I could get that wager in there and I felt quite comfortable with my handicap overall. But I want to know specifically what you think about Philly you know, being off for a week going up against Cole and the Yankees on the road.
1: Well, that's a good question, and for that reason, I probably won't touch that game. i I can see your point with the Yankees on the run line, and you may well be right my My inclination is to not do that, but not because of uh, who's on the line and what rotation numbers they are. But I have a difficult time taking a home team. Minus one and a half, when if they're winning by one run, they don't get that ninth that bat. I mean, that's just that's just so freaking annoying. So for that reason, I might not. And I looked at what some of the Phillies have done against Cole, and Real Muto, Walker, and Jay Bruce have actually hit him half decent. You know, Segura's hit him half decent. I know that was then and this is now. Um, the Yankees haven't seen a ton of... Arietta, you know, he's obviously rested. I would be very leery of that, but, you know, it's one of those things that, like you said, the Phillies having not played, you know, maybe they're rested. Maybe they got a couple games. I mean, I'm trying to argue the other way just for, for podcast sake, you know, maybe, maybe they're rested. And I'm sure that after they played a few games, they lost to the Marlins and it might've been a good break for the Phillies. and, and, now I look at, okay, well, you would think, oh, shit, we played the Marlins, and they had like two-thirds of their team test positive, and now we've had a week, and we haven't had any of our players test positive. So, you know, maybe that pumps a little bit of life into them. Um, it's hard to say. And in that little bandbox called Yankee Stadium, you know, it's also hard to say. So I, I don't have a good feel one way or the other for that. I mean, that, that game could be, you know, I mean, I think Cole's probably about minus 300. But that game could be uh, one of those, you know, eight to one Yankees games. But nothing would surprise me, and I think that's the season we're in with this COVID stuff. Is you just don't know. I mean, you know, you look at the NBA and some of the stuff that's happening, and it's like, really, you know, who who knew? And so for that reason, I will probably pass that game. But you know, like I said, it could go either way. It totally could go either way. You know, the Yankees are hitting, but you know, Arietta. You know, he's been pretty miserable the last few years. But, you know, if there's one guy that can maybe get up for one game, it could be Arietta. So, you know, is is Cole worth minus 300? No, absolutely not. Uh, But, you know, I I totally can see that game going either way. I'm trying to argue with you, and I really can't because I could make a case for just about anything in that one, buddy.
0: I think the big question for me, Uncle Dave, is, you know, what was the Philly schedule Since they got locked down, you know, were they out there practicing every day or were they on some type of strict quarantine where, you know, they weren't even allowed to go ahead and congregate together? Were they allowed to practice Um, how that whole thing went down? And, you know, that that is a little bit of laziness on my part, but that's certainly something I want to dig into, because obviously we're going to run into this situation again. And I would like to know, you know, if a team's going to be off for a week, what exactly are they allowed to do? and what did they do leading up to this game so you know I'm going to get information on you know what a team looks like right now you know after a substantial break and we're going to be able to use that you know when we see the Marlins finally and when we see the Cardinals again here shortly you know it's just something that we can add to our handicap and you know maybe it's something that the books don't notice and if we can go ahead and nail down that information you know of, of what happens to a team you know throughout that week or 10 days or however long they're going to be off. You know, what are they doing? Maybe we can go ahead and, you know, kind of cherry pick, you know, a couple easy bets. With that said, Uncle Dave, that's MLB there. Let's jump over to the NBA, and let's talk about the Nuggets and the Thunder. Thunder right now minus 6.5 total, 220.5. You know, my first thought late last night, Uncle Dave, I'm jumping on those Thunder, and I don't care. Nobody's stopping me. And I looked for the line and it wasn't up. And I hate when they do that, when the sports books just don't put the line out. And I understand that sometimes it's, you know, it's to find out, you know, who's playing and who's not or whatever. But sometimes I think when when there's a, a clear cut, you know, like a lot of people are going to jump on this wager that that they kind of try to wait as long as they possibly can or whatever the case might be. And sure enough, the number was four and a half at it open. It's now six and a half. I'm not certain I would play the Thunder at minus six and a half now just because I felt like, like I lost value and I wasn't able to get fire the bet and get the bet off, uh, you know, at the best number. So I'm going to think about this one a little bit more. I want to see if you can convince me, you know, which way to go on this one. Thunder nuggets. What are you thinking?
1: Well, um, you know, I was on Denver the other night, much to my chagrin. So the chest pounding is over. And Already, Barton and Harris aren't going to play. Jamal Murray's questionable. I just don't know if Denver has the firepower. On the other hand, is it an overreaction uh, to what Oklahoma City did the other night? Um, You know that's why it went from four and a half to six and a half, and I I guess you have to ask yourself which one is reality. Um, It's also a four o'clock in the afternoon game, so you know that's a little bit sort of different, if you will. Um, and I feel the same way about the Raptors in the Heat, that afternoon game. You know, I'm not quite sure how they're going to react. I, I think if I had to do much of anything here, I would look towards the under. in as much as I got absolutely obliterated with an under yesterday, I went seven and two. But of course, lost a, a big under in the NBA. But once bitten twice shy, I have to go to the under because you just got to wonder where Denver is going to get points from, below these guys out. And that was certainly the case in their first game. And the other side of the coin is, you know, I don't know that Oklahoma City can keep the offense up like they had been, but even if they can, Denver can play defense, and Denver's a little bit more pragmatic. So I think if I had to bet that game sleepy, I would bet the under, and I may have just talked myself into doing just that.
0: You know, and I had thought about that one, too, because I know OKC wants to go ahead and certainly win this game. And I think one of the big reasons for the big line move is there's a very questionable tag on Jamal Murray. Now, Barton's not going to play. They've already said he's out. Harris isn't going to play. They already said he's out. And if you lose Jamal Murray, you know, how the hell do you score? And look, I get it. You know, the the, the Nuggets can go ahead and, and throw, you know, a number of guys at you. But I think they would be you know, severely outgunned in this game. And that's one of the reasons why I would, you know, lean to OKC at six and a half, although I'm, I'm pissed at it that I couldn't get it at four and a half. But I think the under is certainly a way to go because OKC will probably play some type of defense and say, you know, if we just go out there and screw around and run up and down the court, you know, we, we run the risk of, of losing. I think OKC probably goes out, plays pretty good defense. And if even if Murray's out today, um, I just don't know how the nuggets probably even break a hundred points i I think it would be a big struggle, especially if o k c goes out and they're like, Let's secure this win, let's go out and play really good basketball. um, I would tend to agree with you two twenty seems kind of high, and that number hasn't ticked up a whole hell of a lot. you know when we looked at the totals open two nineteen up to around two twenty, and we've generally seen you know a lot of these totals i mean they've been jumping you know four or five points to the over. You know the last couple of days. I think the unders yesterday, Uncle Dave, were four and two. You know I had an under yesterday. Uh, I I like the Mavericks under. Cause some damn fool accused you of being the best. Late last night when they played the Suns and it's funny, Uncle Dave, how we were we were talking and you were like, you know, somebody's in for a Sunday shocker, and uh, I said it could be the uh, the Suns going out and shocking the Mavericks, and sure enough, late last night the Suns pulled out, you know, pulled out a win. So. We had a good podcast yesterday. I think everything we gave out yesterday actually won.
1: Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. I'm
0: not going to say it was surprising, you know, because that's what we aim to do. I mean, we're pretty, pretty damn good at what we do, but um, it was surprising to go ahead and kind of clean sweep a pod, especially from the day before where, you know, we got our rear end kicked. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Well, hopefully we'll go ahead and have another good one today. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on for you guys, if you guys haven't noticed, um, you guys could go to bettingpredators.com and we have all our podcasts there and we do have a, f- a few articles. It's just kind of like a hub right now for our podcast where you guys can go and, and find all our pods and some of the the written articles stuff. There's no odds there, there's no picks there. If you want all the odds and paid premium stuff, you guys gotta go over to pregame dot com where you can find myself, Uncle Dave, the hitman, and the rest of the guys floating around the pregame dot com forums. Now one of the things with that website that I think is actually pretty cool. We have a section on there and it's called the retweet army. And a lot of you guys have been retweeting out the podcast and we certainly do appreciate that. And I said, you know, a number of podcasts ago that I was going to hand pick, you know, the people that keep retweeting, we were going to put their name on the website so they could get a little spotlight, but I was also going to reach out to them to go ahead and provide a pick. And I believe tomorrow we're going to have our first person, who is on the retweet army who has joined the squad to go ahead and give out a pick tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. That should be quite interesting. But with that said, that is our podcast guys. We'll have our golf pod coming out tomorrow. Myself and uncle Dave will go ahead and we'll rip and run, get you ready for the PGA championship. We're excited about that. And we'll just keep going here as we have baseball, basketball, hockey, should be pretty interesting as we go ahead and approach football here, which I believe kickoff is 39 days away. But with that said, we're looking a little bit further into the future. But I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.